Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Friday, August 20th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking soccer today with Sean Goodwin, and there are many topics to cover. We start with Sporting Kansas City's draw with the Portland Timbers that came courtesy of Daniel Shallowy's goal. It's been an amazing year for Shallowy, and we discuss his MLS MVP chances. Also, it took a few months, but Casey NWSL is finally in the victory column. Sean was there last weekend to cover Woso's first triumph of the season and describes the reaction. Oh, and KCNWSL has a new goalkeeper, Adriana French, a Kansan acquired in a trade this week. We discuss the deal that brought French to Kansas City. So let's get started talking soccer with Sean Goodman. Sean Sporting Kansas City came up with a 1-1 tie against the Portland Timbers. I think I've mentioned this before, 1-1 draws are great when you score second. <laughs> and Sporting waited until one of the last possible moments to, to get a goal in stoppage time. It was Daniel Shallowy. What a season he's having. I, I, don't, I don't know if we can say enough about the year that, that Shallowy is having. And at first I thought, okay, look, the pendulum is just swinging back his way a little bit after having some bad luck previously. But it's beyond that. This guy's just solid and worthy of any kind of accolades that that might come his way. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned he's had a tough couple of years, and I know Daniel wants to move past that, doesn't want to talk about the last couple of years. Um, and I mean, fair play to him, because when you're doing what he's been doing this season, uh, yeah, another goal on um, Wednesday night to tie Portland 1-1. That's his 12th goal of the season, along with his six assists. got 18 goal contributions, which is the most in the league. And right now, honestly, he may not be the flashiest name, and he doesn't play for the flashiest team. And that might hurt his chances in the eyes of the general public. But he's, in my opinion right now, probably your favourite for the MVP. If you're being completely unbiased of who he is, who he plays for, his name isn't Chicharito, his name isn't Carlos Vela, but he's doing a work, and don't quote me on this precise number, but I believe he has eight or nine game-winning goal contributions too, so either you know scoring a goal itself or assisting it. He's not just scoring meaningless goals in 4-1 wins over LA and stuff, he's scoring goal-winning games or assisting goal-winning goals. Yeah. Greg so far and all-star game coming up, and you just hope it continues after. Yeah, listen, if you had to list sporting Kansas City candidates for league MVP in the preseason, how far down the list would Daniel Shalloway have been? Us and the fans, probably pretty low down. I mean, I, I remember Pisa saying, like, I think it was a slight mix-up with Daniel's contract situation where I think now either in talks or he, he plans to be here more than just this year, but everyone thought this was the last year of his, of his contract. So there were talks of, you know, is, is he sick for Daniel? You know, how's he performing? Is it do or go? Even do or go home? The piece of Amis was saying, oh, you know, Daniel's playing great. He's came back with great attitudes. And I remember Johnny Russell was saying that. But, you know, it's your players. It's your teammates. You know, it's, it's kind of expected, right? It's like, ah, he'll say everyone's playing well. Pre-season, but a kid, I say a kid, he's my age, went to high school together. He, he's pulling his wigs where Peter's mouth is. But yeah, no, I mean, when you talk about MVP candidates, not, not even across the league, just four sports. I mean, Polito tops that list, obviously. You could argue Johnny, who he's kind of came alive for the last couple of games. Uzio, until he got transfers and 
sold off to Italy. So yeah, no, definitely not in the top three at least. Right. The goal comes in stoppage time, second half stoppage time, and it's 1-1 versus Portland. And that little bit of a disappointment to just get the single point from that match. You wrote a story about sporting at the halfway mark of the season. And in it, you go over a lot of the details of what has made this a, a terrific first half of the season for Peter Vermees' club. And among them is their success on the road. But it stands in a little bit of contrast to how they've been playing at home recently. Not to belabor a negative here, and we'll give all the credit of the world for playing as well as they have on the road, because it has been amazing. But it's just a little odd for a team to play so well away from Children's Mercy Park to struggle a little bit at home. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if Sporting was playing at home the same they were playing on the road, They'd be above New England right now and the supporters' shield standing, obviously, another win for New England yesterday, 3-2, so they're kind of, they've pulled ahead again. And heck, Colorado won as well. Uh, they have games in hand, they're catching up on Sporting too, but to get back to your question, Blair, yeah, it's now four games uh, without a win in all competitions in children's Mer- at Children's Mercy Park, which that's including a Leon game, throwaway game in a sense, but it's still part of the record, right? Tim Melio was talking about this himself just earlier in the week, how on the road, Sporting seemed happy to sit back, absorb the pressure a little bit, and they've just been lethal. Not so much on the counter-attacks, like not just, you know, pressing back, that's not how Sporting plays, but they're certainly happier to absorb some pressure and then, you know, attack teams and swallow the party and you do well doing that. While at home, teams sit back against Sporting. Sporting in front of the home crowds, they feel like, you know, they've got the possession. It's a high-paced attack. They have to score goals for their fans and they're the home team. We're expected to win. And teams are basically getting Sporting on the counter-attack or, you know, just quick breaks. And that's what's kind of killing them at home. It's this weird mentality, I guess, if they feel like they have to be all-out offense when at home. And it's biting them in the ass when it comes to give a team coming the other way. In that story, you mentioned Sporting has had to overcome a lot to get to where they are. Look, they're not unusual in that schedules have been difficult for a lot of teams, international call-ups, all sorts of conditions and circumstances that other clubs have had to deal with as well. Sporting has handled it better. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, if hands look better, because they're at the top and they are where they are now, right? You know, you talk about a fixture congestion, which a lot of teams have been dealing with, but, you know, it almost seems worse for sports in this current stretch. You have injuries. Jalen Lings, he just got injured, you know, in that League's Cup game. Izzy Mahmoud is currently out, starting centre-back. You know, Russell, he was never listed on injury reports, but, I mean, Peter said last night after the game that Johnny's not a full fitness. He's, he wasn't playing because of a niggling injury. All stuff like that. You know, they've made a new signing. He's still waiting for his passport to come in to move to the US, so waiting on him. It's definitely been a not a unique season. It's just, you know, it's a summer slog. Every MLS team goes through it, and Sporting's been the one who's came out on top, at least in the West, as we kind of near, near the end of that summer slog. Hey, more news from the Academy. Another call-up. Interesting. Uh, tell us about it and why it's happening now. Yeah, so a call-up guy does make sense. Jake Davis, 19-year-old academy kid. I mean, it kind of makes sense because for the last month or so now, we've called Buzio transfer rumours and obviously he's gone. 
who's going to step up into come up for him, I guess, and be our next homegrown midfielder. And Jake Davis is the one. You know, he shows a lot of promise. He's not a guy who's going to jump straight into the team for sure. But at 19, you know, there's certainly guys on the team who broke through, whether it's, you know, Jalen Lindsay. Buzio is obviously a little bit younger. Wilson Harris right now is 21. I mean, you know, he's a young guy with potential for the next couple of years. So, good sign. I don't expect him to make an immediate impact. But, yeah, it uh, could be good for Sporting, for sure. Yeah, just like seeing this. This is the way it's supposed to work. Especially here in Kansas City. Absolutely. Okay, hey, Sean, let's take a break. And we've got a lot of women's soccer to talk about when we come back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. All right, we're back with Sean Goodwin. We're talking soccer here on Sportsbeat KC. A lot of women's soccer to discuss, but we have to start with the outcome of Saturday's game because that was news, big news. A win. A win, a win, finally, finally a victory. First of all, you covered that game. You were there at Legends Field. You were covering that game and Sporting's game that night at Dallas as well. So tell us how you pulled that off. Yeah, I was there at Legends Field in the press box and I had the sporting game. Pulled up my laptop, it was a half-hour kickoff difference, so a little bit tough to juggle. But yeah, wonderful. As I said, Jeff Rosen, he wrote a quick piece on sporting while I was busy with NWSL. Um, I was at the stadium there till, should I say, 11.30, 11.45. You know, I guess I'll talk about, you know, with the win, those players were out on the field for 45 minutes to so an hour just signing autographs and taking pictures and meeting fans. And I was waiting to interview a couple of the players and for Hugh Williams. So yeah, I was there pretty late and I came home and I to basically pull from my memory what happened in the Sporting KC game, listening back to the press conference and basically wrote a whole second game story um, that was updated early in the morning on a Sunday morning. So yeah, because there's uh, one more of those kind of instances later this month, I believe. Um, not this weekend, but next weekend, where Sporting's at home and NWSL's on the road. So going to have to switch switch around. But it's a fun time. These are the times when Cora and Briar were nice to have around. But you know, just a little Sean now, just chugging along by himself. Yeah, it seems like teams should uh, coordinate with you uh, starting time. 
MLS front office and Julia Sage should coordinate with me the schedules, make sure we have a Xbox is happen. Not much to ask. Yeah, not too much to ask. All right, so to take us back to the game. One zip over OC. How did it happen? And uh, what was the atmosphere like there? As always, great crowd, even for a team that, you know, has a 17-game wingless run to start its life in the league. Well, it's around the 5,300 mark for attendance on a Saturday night, which is great. It, it's been a wing that's been coming for a while. And I think I remember writing a single story itself, you know, out of those 17 wingless games, five ties, 12 losses, and six of those 12 losses were by a single goal. And it almost felt like at times, you know, uh, you can't blame losses on just a ball bouncing the wrong way and bad luck. But at times, that's how it felt, right? You know, it does come down to more than that, but, you know, it's a weird bouncing Portland on the turf. Um, you know, is uh, you've got Marta scoring goals from the halfway line for Orlando and just weird stuff like that. Where it, it, it's a game that happens, but it just felt like... The team was gelling, they were playing well, and it just wasn't falling for them. And then Saturday night, it finally literally bounced the right way for them. Excellent free kick routine, about 30 yards out in the uh, 72nd minute. Hayley Mace takes the shot from distance, it bounces off a rain defender. Could have bounced anywhere in past games, it might have bounced out for a corner, for a throw in, you know, back the other way. Nice deflection right into the path of uh, Victoria Pickett. Quick touch, takes a shot towards the left corner. Looks like a really nice, just you know, good, solid shot in the near post, which it was. And it took a slight deflection off a ring defender, off the bottom of their foot, just took it out of the way of the goalkeeper's path and into the near post. So sometimes you need a little bit of luck, but over the course of the game, they control possession, they were the best of the team, it was a deserved win. And yeah, great atmosphere. Fans loved it. After, after the full-time whistle, the place erupted. All the players, substitutes, the staff, they all just huddled up on the field and had a little moment to themselves before going out to the fans and celebrating with them. So great to be a part of it. It's great to be, just as a journalist, it's, you know, obviously we're impartial and we're just, you know, doing what we're doing, but it's great to just be part of such an emotionally charged scene and just be able to cover such a special moment for so many people. Yeah, I felt good for Hugh Williams too, the coach. He was a happy man after He's been a stand-up guy all year about the team's fortunes, and I just I just felt great for him. So the clean sheet belonged to Abby Smith. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, that was her final game. Yeah. <laughs> final game in a in a Woso uniform. She was dealt to Portland in, in exchange for Adriana French, the U.S. women's national team goalkeeper, who you know on her way to Kansas City. Tell us about this move. Such an interesting move to, to for teams to trade keepers. Interesting move and a great move. Um, obviously, French as well from uh, Salina, Kansas. So Salina South High School. Yep, Kansas native. I know you've been around for a while, Blair. I don't know if you remember. I know you don't cover Salina much, but do you remember her playing in high school days by chance? I don't remember her playing in high school. I'm familiar with the school, though. When she made the national team, I made it a point to follow her just because of her her local roots. Yeah. You know, I, I say that she's one of the best goalkeepers in the history of the NWSL, at least. You know, granted, it's a, it's a league that was inaugural season 2013. It's not this crazy long history, but nevertheless, a lot of goalkeepers have been round and through. Two-time NWSL goalkeeper of the year. She was in NWSL Best 11 in 2017. And she's only 30 years old. And I mean, Abby Smith, I will pull up her age now, but off the top of my head, I believe she's 27. Yeah, 28 in October. 
so yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a huge disparity in age difference. And Smith, you know, great goalkeeper. I know she was good in Utah and she's done well here. Obviously, she was in goal for the win. But especially goalkeepers, you know, across soccer, goalkeepers can go a lot later than a lot of other position players. So French can be a cornerstone piece for this franchise for years to come. Great trade. And uh, like you said, Abby Smith and 150K in allocation money heading to Portland. She went to Oklahoma State, French did. Smith went to Texas. Yeah, so a couple of Big 12 keepers there. But that's not the only keeper now. On the, There's another new keeper on the roster. Yeah, I feel sorry for Caitlin Rollins. Yeah, I feel sorry for her just because she's been in North Carolina for a while. She was still there when we were the Western New York Flash. Um, and, you know, she kind of fell into a backup goalkeeper role there. She was obviously drafted by Kansas City way back in the FC Kansas City days. You know, she, she's come here and her and Abby Smith look to have a good battle on for, you know, who be the starting keeper, whether it be a rotation. I know Caitlin, she starts and played the first two games. And then Abby plays the following game, which was the win. It looks like he's have great competition. And now you've got Branch coming, who, like I was saying, she's only first. He wants the best goalkeepers in this league. I, I assume that she'll be the starter going forward. Maybe we'll be surprised. Maybe there will be some rotation. But then, you know, when Branch goes off on international duty, Caitlin's an excellent, excellent goalkeeper anyway. So KCNWSL is in a good position goalkeeper-wise going forward for the foreseeable future. Well, speaking of international duty, it was announced this week that the women's national team is going to play South Korea. I think it's October 21st. October 21st, yes. They're playing here and St. Paul, Minnesota in October. And they're playing in Cincinnati and somewhere else in September. I slipped my mind. But yeah, now focusing on Kansas City. Yeah, October 21st, South Korea, Chungjung, Mercy Park. Hopefully, French, you know, I assume she'll get called up. She's kind of secured a spot, at least as a backup role in the US women's national team. And she plays in the bronze medal game in the Olympics, got fourth three win over Australia, too. So, you know, she's been getting minutes recently. So it'll be great for the Kansas City crowd if she gets called up. She's the only US women's national team player on this team right now who's actively getting called up. So it'll be great for the fans to see one of her own play for the national team in Kansas City. Absolutely. Let's take our semi-regular delve into international soccer. This is where you get to educate me on, uh, on, on, on the global sport. We talked about this briefly last week, and I've always been curious about the professional leagues in Europe, uh-huh. even more so with the English Premier League on Saturday mornings on NBC, which has been such a great success. It's really been incredible uh, to have live sports on Saturday morning. Yeah. Very smart move on NBC's part to bring Premier League here. We're familiar with the, the great Spanish teams in the in the Spanish League and, and in the Italian leagues. And I'm enough of a sports fan to know the Real Madrid's, the Barcelona's, the Juventus, the some of the great European clubs and, and leagues in Germany as well. But I also know that in the last 25 years, two of the World Cups have been won by France. And when I consider the French Professional League, those clubs, except for one now, Paris Saint-Germain because of Messi, but we don't have that in France the way we do in, in other European countries. So enlighten me as to why England, Italy, Spain, Germany, especially, and in, uh, in some other years, the Netherlands and Portugal, professional leagues with club teams that just, they, they, they invest more in them, I guess is the best way to put it. 
Franks is a weird one. I mean, when people say the big five leagues in England, Brighton, Alex, England, Spain, Germany, Italy, and France. Uh, France is included in that big five. But for so many years now, it's been dominated by PSG. And I think they've honestly, they've almost hurt the league because they have dominated it. But that's not unusual in that Bayern Munich have dominated Germany. Juventus has dominated Italy for so many years. Now, Inter Milan just won the league in Italy, which was great. And Lille won the, um, the French league last year over PSG, which is great. But in those leagues, it almost feels like even though there's dominating teams, like from top to bottom, the league, you know, it, it was a stronger league. The players were more recognisable. The teams were more recognisable. And I remember growing up, um, I know from the 90s, Italy was probably the best league in the world. In the 2000s, France was never up there, but the league had a lot more parity. The likes of Marseille, Lyon, Monaco, PSG was always up there. Bordeaux all solid teams who they do well in Europe. Never, you know, never dominating, but Lille, I think, again, they just won the league. I mean, good teams, but they've just never really dominated the game on the European level, really. And now you've had PSG coming, and they just gave the all the money. I mean, you look at their team of Messi just came in, Mbappe, Neymar, Di Maria. Uh, they've just got Ramos, Wangals, and Donnarumma. Stupid level of talent across the field. It's just going to overshadow the rest of the league, which isn't necessarily as strong. Buying super strong, Juventus usually super strong, but the rest of the league at least has, you know, other good teams. The French league has PSG, it feels like, and the rest of the teams are so far below. It's tough for people to really put on the radar, to be honest. Where have the best French players played their club football historically? Because they don't play in France. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm guess I'm just trying to think now. I mean, obviously Zidane was at Real Madrid for as long as he was. Well, that's a Google famous uh, best French players now. Eric Cantona was at Man United. Other leagues just seems to be stronger, and that's where the best. But Thierry Henry, obviously, he plays at Arsenal and Barcelona uh, right now. Paul Pogba, Man United. I mean, it's unless they're playing for PSG, the other leagues just offer more. It's always been a curiosity of mine. It just seems like the, the the clubs in France, there there are multiple professional leagues in France, just as there are in other countries, but the, the investments aren't there in, in the way they are in, in, in other nations. So I've just found it kind of interesting that the one of the world's best, I don't know where France is ranked now in, in the international rankings, top five, I suspect. I mean, they are the defending World Cup champs. Uh-huh. Just have found it interesting that they've gotten it done on a national team level without having a great club team seen in their nation. I guess it's weird. A lot of people look at England. I mean, I think the Premier League top to bottom is the best league in the world right now. As the best teams based off you know recent finals we've seen through the 2010s, you could argue Spain had the best of teams. Barcelona, Madrid, Atlasco, blah, blah, blah. But all, nearly all of England players stay in England, and that's almost been seen as like a norm, I guess. Well, I mean, Germany, Spain, Italy, France, anything, Netherlands, Portugal, whoever else. Those players, they don't limit themselves just to get a league. Um, they go out and play in different. So, you know, I mean, when, you know, Italy, they obviously just won the most recent Euros. A good few get players playing Italy, many of them play elsewhere uh 2018 world cup obviously france 2014 world cup was a big germany again most of those german players certainly some of them playing germany but so many of them play elsewhere 
so I imagine a lot of their guys played in Spain. A lot of, a lot of 2010 Spain. I was basically Real Madrid. I was basically Barcelona with some Madrid players sprinkled in. Um, Gaka was, oh, I was a great Europe of uh, Spanish football. But no, I think for the most part, people's views are a little bit distorted by just the English players. How Gaka almost scared to go out to the country. It's almost like we commend someone when they do it. I remember Ashley Cole left for Italy. Uh, Michael Ballach, I believe, played elsewhere. But all of the top English players playing England. I mean, to get back to your main point, Franks, they, they obviously have a great grassroots program. They put out great players. But those players know they'll get more attention and better football playing in a different league as in the Franks, unless they're playing for PSG. All right, Sean, great conversation. Always enjoy it, and we'll do it again next week. Yes, sir. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Bickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Sean Goodwin for stopping by and talking soccer. Links to his stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we've got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. And, of course, they post first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And it is a great time to subscribe. Read about what's going on with the Chiefs, the Royals, the colleges, our soccer teams, and more. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, features, and business coverage with the the E-edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of the offers, send me an email to bkirkoff at kcstar.com and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back on Monday talking Chiefs with another episode. Thank you.